0: Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. Hey, hey, y'all. What is going on? Welcome into the latest edition of the Xander's Facts podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander, and this is episode 74 of the podcast here on Wednesday, August 31st. Thank you all for tuning in. For listening to the podcast, it is a big one this week because it is part one of our annual two-part football season preview. I have got a ton of facts about college football this week that you are not going to want to miss. So, if you think you're going to like those college football facts on this week's edition of the Zaters Facts Podcast, and if you like the Zaters Facts Podcast, just the general, then remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, episode 74, rate the podcast, review the podcast, then go on all your socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z, and most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, spread the facts, Xander's Facts Podcast, spread the facts to all your friends about the facts on Xander's Facts, including not just the facts on the podcast, but also on Xander's Weekend Facts, the newsletter that comes out every Sunday morning which you should sign up for and you could do in the link in this episode's description. You can watch Zander's Facts on YouTube and you can get all the Zander's Facts links that you need on the Zander's Facts link tree, which is also linked to this episode's description. How about that? Now, if you follow Xander's Facts on Instagram and you look at Zander's Facts Instagram story, you might know that I had a big announcement planned for this podcast, which I'm about to share with you in like two seconds. So hold on. And also, you should follow Xander's Facts on Instagram. But the big announcement is about Instagram because Xander, myself, and the Xander's Facts are launching two, count them, two new Instagram pages dedicated to Xander's Facts. I've got one for sports, and I've got one for the midterm elections because that's big stuff that we're going to talk about coming up in the fall. So in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be launching xander's facts sc xander's facts sporting club which you know about if you read xander's weekend facts which is going to be dedicated to sports football all that stuff world cup soccer it's going to have all the facts you need on those sports on that instagram page and then Sanders facts votes which is going to be our other page Sanders facts votes which is going to be dedicated in the fall to the midterm elections because there's a lot of polls data numbers Info, all that stuff that's going on, big elections, November 8th, and you should know about them. And you should know all the information before you vote. And so hopefully, with Xander's Facts Votes, you can get all the information before you vote. How about that? So, big announcement. Two new Instagram pages, only on Instagram. Xander's Facts Votes, Zaner's Facts SC, which are actually, they're actually accounts which you can go follow right now. Which you should go do. If you say so. But in the next few weeks, I'm going to be setting those up because we're going to be busy in the fall with elections and in sports. So that's the big announcement. I've got two new Xander's Facts accounts for our Xander's Facts votes, which is our midterm election initiative because we want everyone to get informed for the midterm elections so they can vote and have knowledge and not be stupid. And also... Everyone loves sports, so we got Zander's Facts C. Sporting club. So there you go. Xander's Facts, that's the big announcement I got this week. But that's not what we're talking about this week because, as I mentioned at the top, we have got some football to talk about. It is the end of August. Today, Wednesday, August 31st, is the final day in the month of August. And that means football is right around the corner. Actually, it's already here. There's already been football games played. And I'm not talking about preseason crap either. talking about football games that actually matter in the record books. And that's what we're talking about this week on the podcast. So today we have got the first part of our two-part football season previews. The only ones with all the facts that you can get right here on Zander's Facts. And of course, like last year, this week is college football. We are dedicating the entire podcast this week for our college football season preview because, if you didn't know, college football, the big games start this weekend, but actually, week zero, week zero, there were games that were played last weekend, including Northwestern and Nebraska, who played in Ireland, Florida State, I think, played, North Carolina played, all these teams played. Not very many, actually. But the big games, week one, the official start to the college football season is this weekend. And actually, the games start tomorrow on Thursday. So we got to hurry with the season preview because you got to get all your facts in before the season starts for whatever purposes you have with college football. Huh. So how about that? Let's get started. And if you're like me, you're like, Sander, well, I didn't really care this offseason, so I have no clue what's going on. Because I didn't either. And I told you about it that I didn't really care. But that was mostly towards the NFL because they're getting on my nerves. But college football, I am very excited for. So this is going to be a fun podcast. And if you're like me, then I actually did the research. So I'm here to help guide you through this college football season with everything that you need to know before the season Here we go. So let's begin our 2022-2023 college football season preview. We're going to go through the top five conferences, the best of the independent group of fives, and I'm going to give you my college football playoff predictions at the beginning of the season. So let's get started and let's start with the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC, who everyone loves. How could you not love the ACC? In terms of membership, actually, the ACC is most definitely the most stable of the Power Five conferences, because in the last two summers, the ACC is the only of the Power Five conferences not to have changed their memberships. Either the SEC or the Big Ten were in schools, and the Big 12 and the Pac-12 were losing schools. The ACC didn't lose or gain anything. So they're pretty stable right now. And that's because the conference's TV deal... And the grant of rights contract is meant to keep the schools together until 2036, which if you think that's long, that's 14 years away. They signed that deal in 2016. That was a 20 year contract that they did with the SPN. The thing is, though, during that deal, they are going to be making a lot less money than the teams in the SEC and the Big Ten. So that's a big issue. But that's a whole nother thing that I've talked about on this podcast on Zander's Weekend Facts, which you should go read. We're not really getting into that. I'm talking about what's happening on the field this week. So let's move on to preview this college football season in the ACC. This is going to be the final year that they have divisions in the ACC, the Atlantic and the Coastal. They're going away after this year. It's going to be very sad. But after this season, it's going to be the top two teams by record that are going to the ACC championship game, which is probably a good thing, because you don't want Wake Forest at 7-5 and five, or Georgia Tech winning six games and winning the division. Like, that kind of stuff has happened before. That's not going to happen anymore, hopefully, in the ACC. Thanks goodness that's over. So that also means that this is the final chance for all 14 schools to try and claim a division title. Last year in the ACC championship game, it was Pittsburgh and Wake Forest, which doesn't sound exciting. But both of those teams were really good last year. Pittsburgh had Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Wake Forest has Sam Hartman, who they still have, kind of. I'll get into that. But that was just the third ever ACC championship game and the first since 2006 that the game did not feature Clemson, Florida State, or Virginia Tech. So it was kind of a down year for the ACC. But this year is being crowned in the conference as the year of the quarterback. They got a bunch of quarterbacks. And the play of many quarterbacks is probably what is going to help, hopefully, bump up the conference's quality this year. Which, let's be honest, they kinda need. Rude! Let's start with the reigning ACC champions, the winners of the ACC championship game, who were Pittsburgh And as I mentioned, Kenny Pickett, their quarterback last year, was absolutely tremendous. And he was picked in the first round in the NFL draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he's going to be playing his home games in the same stadium. So there you go. But he's not on the Pittsburgh Panthers anymore. And they also lost Jordan Addison, who actually won the Bolitnikoff Award for the nation's best wide receiver last season. So how about that? But to replace Kenny Pickett, they picked up USC transfer Keaton Slovis. Now, Pitt is probably not as talented as they were last season, the team that won the school's lone ACC crown. But they are playing for the final time in the Coastal Division. So, I mean, take with that what you will. And the AP voters put the Panthers at number 17 in the preseason poll. Now, Pitt's schedule to open the season may be as interesting as any there is in the conference because they actually start play tomorrow on Thursday in a huge game at home at the newly renamed, it's not Heinz Field anymore, it's Akrashur Stadium. I'm not sure what Akrashur is or if I'm saying it right, but it's not Heinz Field anymore, so that's sad. But they are playing, they are hosting West Virginia, the Backyard Brawl. Now, that gets intense. They have not played that game in like 11 years or so. And it has been shown numerous times that when they play each other, those two schools do not like each other. Like college game day went to one of those games a couple years ago and the West Virginia fans were chanting, eat sugar, honey, iced tea pit during college game day to the tune of sweet Caroline. Like, yeah, that is going to be one to watch. And I'll preview West Virginia in a little bit in the Big 12. But the Panthers then host up-and-coming Tennessee the next week after they beat Tennessee by a touchdown last year in Knoxville. So Tennessee is now coming up to Pitt, but Tennessee is pretty good. So we'll see what happens there. And those two games are definitely going to be big for Pittsburgh, and they might be season-defining games first two games of the season. How about that? But the team that came out of the Atlantic Division last year was Wake Forest, which everybody predicted at the beginning of last season. I know I did. You're a liar! Sadly, I did not. But one big question could determine the trajectory of the Demon Deacons season this year, and that is the status of quarterback Sam Hartman, who was second team All-ACC last year, and he led a Wake squad that returns nearly everybody from last season's surprising campaign. But he is currently out with a non-football-related medical condition. So we don't know if or when he's going to return this season. So that is a big issue because he is a huge part of that team, as was shown last year. So if he's out there, Wake is a completely different team and a much better one. But without him, the Demon Deacons, the Deeks, are probably going to struggle throughout much of the season. But for whoever is at QB, He's got wide receiver A.T. Perry, who is going to be one to watch for the Deeks. And Wake opens the season ranked at number 22 in the AP poll. So there you go. But sticking in the Atlantic Division, let's talk about the team that has been owning the Atlantic Division for a while, until last year. And that was Clemson, because it appeared, oh my gosh, the sky was falling in Clemson, South Carolina last year. After Clemson did not run the conference. I mean, we were talking about Clemson. Oh my gosh, this is horrible. They are terrible. And they won 10 games. So, like, we should probably tone down our freak out. They weren't that bad. And in the AP poll, the voters ranked them fourth to start the season. So clearly they think Clemson is back. Now, whether they actually are remains to be seen. They've got a new coordinator on both sides of the ball this season they lost both their coaches who became head coaches at different schools and quarterback is not a done deal Trevor Lawrence is not in Clemson anymore last season was DJ Uyagalale who struggled at points a lot of points last season he's currently the starter entering the season but now Clemson's got a five-star freshman Cade Klubnick who is entering who If DJ struggles again this season, it might be the freshman's time to shine. So we'll see. But it's going to be an important season for old Dabo down in Clemson because it's a big question if can he right the ship immediately and Clemson goes back to the top of college football or is 10 games or so where Clemson's going to stick around? That's not playoff worthy, which they have grown accustomed to in Clemson. But before Dabo, They weren't accustomed to very much success for a while. Man, that was rough. So we'll see. But Clemson's biggest game of the year and a huge test is on the road November in prime time against Notre Dame. That game might be the ultimate key to providing an answer for where Clemson is. Now, staying in the Atlantic, there's a third ranked team in the Atlantic division, and that is NC State, who are actually 13th, one 3 In the preseason AP poll, and that probably seems like a reach to you. You're like, NC State, what have they ever done? But the Wolfpack should be really good this year. They've got quarterback Devin Leary, who is consistently being thrown around as a potential conference player of the year, and for good reason, because last year he threw for 35 touchdowns, the only player to do that in a season ever in the ACC, and only five interceptions. And the Pack also returned much of their squad from last year's top 25 finish, including linebacker Peyton Wilson on defense. I mean, it is NC State, so take with that what you will. But they have talent, they have experience, they should be really good. And they'll be able to prove that, too, October 1st, when they head to Death Valley, South Carolina, to take on Clemson. That's going to be a huge game and the Atlantic Division, and NC State in Raleigh actually beat Clemson last year for the first time in eight years, but that could be an early look at who's atop the Atlantic this season. That's going to be a huge game October 1st. Now moving over to the Coastal, where the fifth, the fifth ranked team in the conference is Miami. Is the U back? I don't know, but by the way, there are five ranked teams in the ACC to begin the season, in the preseason AP poll. That is tied for the most out of any conference with the SEC. It's true! So, you know, ACC back? Miami back? Is the U back? Well, we're getting kind of tired of hearing that because every year, the U is back, Miami! We hear that, and then they fall flat on their faces. But there is reason. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there is actually a reason to see a turnaround finally happening in Coral Gables, Florida. Because Miami has a new coach by the name of Mario Cristobal, who played at Miami back in the day. He was the head coach of Oregon. He's a stout recruiter who has been recruiting his tail off already for Miami. Now, Miami really hasn't had an issue at recruiting. They have good players. The issue is on the field. That's where we're going to see. I mean, is the U-back? They have to win football games. We'll see if that happens. But the university is finally pumping in big money into the program. So, I mean, this could be the turnaround. We'll see. But this year, quarterback Tyler Van Dyke returns to lead the offense, along with tailback Jalen Knighton, who picked up over 800 yards from scrimmage last season. And Chris Sabal is going to have time, so he doesn't have to do it this year. But if, like in a few years, if he can't bring the U back, I'm not sure... Anyone else can, because that guy is Miami, and he's a really good football coach, as he proved at Oregon. His teams at Oregon were really good. Maybe it's not this year, and it probably won't be this year, but, I mean, Miami. We might actually have to watch out for Miami in the future. How about that? But they have a big early season test September 17th. That's week three at Texas A&M. Now, if they could actually beat Texas A&M, then everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, the U is back. They probably won't, but I mean, they could, I guess, hypothetically, but eh, probably not. So that's Miami. Now, elsewhere in the Atlantic division, we've got Florida State. Florida State's been down for a while, but they, they played in week zero, and they won. They beat the Duquesne Dukes. I mean, how about that? The Dukes, they beat them. So Florida State this year returns Jordan Travis at quarterback as their head coach, Mike Norvell, is continuing to try and right the ship in Tallahassee. It has not been easy since Jimbo left. Now, the Seminoles continue their season Sunday night this week against LSU and their new head coach, Brian Kelly, in Nolens. Now, Kelly's Notre Dame, who he was the coach of last year, escaped Florida State in overtime last year. So that's an intriguing Sunday night matchup. Hmm. Now, Boston College and Louisville are also in the Atlantic Division. They return exciting quarterbacks in Phil Jerkovic and Malik Cunningham, while there's also Syracuse, who really doesn't have a quarterback, but Dino Babers might be fighting for his job in Syracuse. They probably won't be very good. But then let's go to the Coastal. In the Coastal Division, in the greatest state, Commonwealth, in the land, Virginia, you've got Virginia and Virginia Tech, who both have new head coaches, which is actually interesting, because the last time that those two schools changed head coaches... They also did it in the same year, and now they're doing it again in the same year. How about that? But Virginia and Virginia Tech have new head coaches this year. Virginia actually got Clemson's offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott. Virginia Tech got Penn State's defensive coordinator, Brent Pry. But a bunch of people are picking UVA over Virginia Tech to finish in the Coastal this season because of the return of quarterback Brennan Armstrong. Now, I don't know about that because I don't know if you all know this, but I am a Virginia Tech guy. And Virginia Tech's new head coach, my guy Brent Pry, seems like a clear fit in Blacksburg. He was a GA graduate assistant here back in the 90s under Bud Foster and Frank Beamer. So he knows what's up down here. And that is something that has been sorely missed for the last few seasons, if you know what I'm talking about. There used to be a head coach at Virginia Tech. Now there's not. There's a new one. We all like the new one now. You know what I'm going at. What do you say? And also in the Coastal. Is Carolina, North Carolina, who have Mac Brown, who were top ten preseason last year, eh, it's not looking like that this year. And they finished, they did not finish top ten or ranked last year. It wasn't that great of a season last year for Carolina, and this season is not bringing the preseason hype that last season did. But they did play in Week Zero. They did beat Florida A and M, so I mean, huge game right there. But also Georgia Tech. Their coach Jeff Collins' job looks to be on life support because the Jackets may not improve much from last season's two wins. That's not very good. While Duke has a new head coach, Mike Elko, who is the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, he is going to need some time, though, before the Blue Devils can win some games. Duke is just, no. So that's the ACC, but let's make some picks for the ACC, which should be interesting. I mean, last year... I did think that Clemson was going to be the runaway pick to win the ACC, and a lot of people did, so don't blame me. Whoops. But that did not happen. This year, I have learned from my mistakes. I do think that Clemson may have some kinks to work out this year. So I've got North Carolina State, the Wolfpack, out of the Atlantic, they look ready to go this season, I think, and out of the Coastal Uh, it's kind of a tough pick, but I will go with Miami because I do think Miami is going to be better because they do have an actually good head coach. We'll see though, but maybe it's more preseason hype. I mean, I don't know, but that's my ACC championship game. And then I've got NC state winning the ACC, winning their first ACC championship game, but with a loss or two, I think they will have a loss or two. It'll probably keep them out of the playoff. So that's my ACC preview for this season. Now let's go over to the Big 12. And this time last year, I was looking at my notes for last year, and I was like, the Big 12 is in serious danger because we had just learned that Texas and Oklahoma were going to the SEC. And everybody was like, well, the ACC can get some of these teams. The Big 10 can get some of these teams. The Pac-12 can get some of these teams. Bye-bye, Big 12. But now the Big 12 is in pretty good position, I would say. I mean, they are going to add UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU in a couple of years. So they appear to have the upper hand over the Pac-12, because we all know the Pac-12, what's going on there. They may appear to have the upper hand if they wanted to grab some of those schools, which hasn't happened. But, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with this stuff. So for now, the Big 12 sits at 10 teams, though, because Texas and Oklahoma are still there. And there's some interesting developments at those schools which could make for a wild ride in the Midwest this year. Last season, Oklahoma's six-year run as conference champions ran dry as Baylor beat Oklahoma State in a thrilling conference championship game. Now, let's start with the conference champion, the Baylor Bears, who were one yard away from actually seeding that conference title crown. That was an extremely close conference championship game, and they lost six NFL draft picks from last year's squad. However, there is some pretty significant hype surrounding their new starting quarterback, Blake Shapen, along with returning most of last year's starters in the trenches on the offensive and defensive lines. And Baylor finally got over the Oklahoma hump last year. They beat the Sooners for the first time in eight years. And the preseason poll puts Baylor just in the top 10 at number 10, and they're going to have a big road test against BYU. In week two, and their matchup with Oklahoma is also going to be very interesting this year, and that could be a big decider for who was going to top the conference in the regular season. So that's Baylor. Now over to the team that lost the Big 12 championship game last year, Oklahoma State. Like Baylor, OSU also lost significant talent, but they also lost their defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, who is now at the other OSU, Oklahoma State OSU, Ohio State. OSU. Although I guess they'd like to be TOSU. THE Ohio State University. Ugh. But anyway, the Cowboys of Oklahoma State don't look as talented as last season, so that may signal a rebuilding year. But a rebuilding year looks like it's probably going to be pretty common across the conference, so that may not be an issue, including for their rival Oklahoma, who of course they play in the big Bedlam games. That may be ending, though, when Oklahoma joins the SEC, so we're only going to have a few of those left. Now, Oklahoma State snapped a six-game losing streak to Oklahoma last year, and that November 19th matchup, that's the second to last week in the regular season, should definitely be intense in Norman. So Oklahoma State starts the year at number 12, actually, the preseason poll, and they go on the road to Baylor this season while they also host Texas. Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy, who cut his mullet last year, I hope it's back this year, which maybe if it's back, maybe they'll win the conference. How about that? Debatable. But over across the state in Oklahoma, things are changing. Gone is head coach Lincoln Riley and quarterback Caleb Williams, and in comes former Clemson and Oklahoma defense coordinator Brent Venables, who takes over the reins, as does UCF transfer Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. Now, under Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma was an offensive powerhouse who was thrashing the Big 12, except for last year. But it's unknown whether that's going to continue under a defensive-minded Hank coach like Venables. Venables was at Clemson for a long time, and he had a lot of job offers, but he was very selective, and he took Oklahoma's. Now, despite the changes and not making the Big 12 championship game last year, The Sooners are the preseason favorites and are currently sitting at number nine in the preseason poll. And they actually have an interesting road game against former conference foe Nebraska in week three. Now, Nebraska, we'll get to, but like, Scott Frost needs to win that game for Nebraska. They lost to Northwestern in Ireland. ay ay, ay. And of course, for Oklahoma, you've got Oklahoma State and Texas on the schedule. Two huge rivalry matchups. It's going to be really interesting what Oklahoma does this year. Because they have that new head coach. Now, over to Oklahoma's arch rival, because it's not Oklahoma State. It's Texas. Now, could this be the year that Texas is back? Well, just like the previous 10 or so that we've said that, probably not. And this year's squad isn't even ranked to start the season because Texas is definitely one of those teams that gets ranked at the beginning of the season and then drops back. This year they're not even ranked. However, There are reasons that this year's team could finally be the one to defy the past and break through, and that would be because in Steve Sarkeesian's second season as head coach, he gets former top recruit Quinn Ewers at quarterback and returns by Jan Robinson as one of the best running backs in the country. Now, this should also be a pretty great Red River rivalry this year. Because last year's was absolutely insane. Like, that was probably one of the few college football games last year that I remember watching from beginning to end. And it was incredible, because I remember Texas went up big, Oklahoma came storming back, a huge comeback, and they won. That was a pretty great game. That was a fact. This year's, hopefully, is just as good. And Lincoln Riley's not going to be there. So maybe Texas has a chance. But, I mean, we'll see. But Texas's biggest game of the season might not be that one. It might actually be week two at home when they get to host ol' Nicholas Saban and Alabama because Texas decided that they wanted a little thrashing at the beginning of the season. Alabama comes to Austin for a noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central time kickoff in week two, the middle of September. Let me just tell you, that is not going to be good for Texas. However, if you are a Texas fan or you just want Texas to be better, there is reason for hope because next year they will be getting Arch Manning, the son of Cooper Manning, who is the brother of Eli and Peyton Manning, who are all the sons of Archie Manning, Arch, who is being lauded as the next great Manning. Now, I don't know about that, but I mean, he's a senior in high school, but we'll see. So there you go. Is Texas back? Probably not. And also in the Big 12, you've got Kansas State, who is actually a popular sleeper pick at the conference this season, being led by one of the nation's best running backs in Deuce Vaughn. And they've also got Nebraska transfer Adrian Martinez at quarterback, and his presence could instantly provide an upgrade. So actually, watch out for Kansas State in the Big 12. They might be upsetting a couple people. And Texas Tech and TCU have new coaches this season. But both of those teams are probably just going to sit firmly in the middle of the conference. And you've also got Iowa State. Now, Iowa State was my pick to win the conference and go to the playoff last year. That did not exactly happen. Terrible. And their talent that they had last year, a lot of that is gone. But their quarterback, their new quarterback, Hunter Deckers, is going to have to perform very well in his first starting season to replace a lot of the talent that they lost in Ames. Like, Iowa State's probably going to drop back this year. And it's most likely a make-or-break year at West Virginia for their head coach, Neil Brown, who has big trips beginning of the season. We told you Pitt, but they've also got a trip to Virginia Tech on a Thursday night in Lane Stadium. That's going to be ugly for West Virginia, I'm just saying. Guaranteed! But those are big rivalry games For West Virginia in the non-conference and their talent doesn't look that exciting on paper at least now when they play we'll see but I don't know about West Virginia and then there's Kansas which you know Kansas is there they're better than they were but I mean they're Kansas so for my big 12 picks I've got Baylor and Oklahoma having the best regular season records and making the conference title, and by the end of the season, I do think that Brent Venables is going to have things figured out in Norman, and Oklahoma's going to be rolling, and they will reclaim the conference title over last year's champion, I've got Oklahoma winning the Big 12 championship, so that's the Big 12 conference, and now, let's move over to the winners, certainly, of the offseason. The Big Ten, not just because of the news that USC and UCLA are joining the conference in 2024, but also the recent news of a brand new TV deal that is going to be paying the conference handsomely. So let's actually break that TV deal down for a second, because I broke it down on Saturday's Weekend Facts, which you should go read, but also you may not know about it. Which it's going to affect your college football viewing habits. So I just wanted to let you know. Sarah warned you. But it is a big deal for not just the conference, but college sports as a whole. Because beginning next season, beginning with the 2023 2024 academic year, the Big Ten will air its games on Fox, CBS, and NBC in the beginning of a seven year deal that is going to pay the conference over $1 billion. Annually, the first college conference to get a deal worth over a billion dollars annually. So, after this season, that means that Big Ten home games are not going to appear on ABC or ESPN anymore. Now, ESPN's been airing Big Ten games since the early 80s and ABC since like the early 60s. So, that is interesting. And apparently, the Big Ten did give an offer to ESPN, but it was a bad offer. And ESPN was like, no thanks. So that's what happened. So after this season, they're not going to be our Big Ten home games. But if the Big Ten team in any sport, football, basketball, whatever, if they're at a neutral site or if the Big Ten team's on the road, they can still be on ESPN or ABC. But they're not going to have any more Big Ten home games in any sport, which is going to be a change. They're only going to be on Fox, CBS, and NBC. And of course, there's going to be some games on Big Ten Network, which Fox basically owns the majority of. NFS1, which Fox owns, and Peacock, which is NBC's subscription service. So there are going to be some games that are only available on streaming, but the Big Ten doesn't really care because they're going to be raking in $80 to $100 million per year. Get that dough! Each school is from the deal. Now, it's going to take a few years because the deal winds up as the years progress. But I did also talk about this deal. I think I had more information on the Zaner's Weekend Facts article, newsletter, whatever that I wrote, which you should go check out. It's not a whatever. It's very important about the Big Ten deal, college sports as a whole. It's, you know, it's going. Which you should check out. Saturn's weekend facts, which is linked to this episode's description. But getting back to the on field product of the Big Ten, it was Michigan. It was not Ohio State who controlled the conference last year. It was the Michigan Wolverines who finally broke through under Coach Jim Harbaugh, beat Ohio State And won the conference title. So let's start off with the defending conference champions because everything seemed to go right for Michigan last season. For the first time in over a decade, that's the biggest, one of the biggest rivalry games in college football. And in over a decade, Michigan had not beaten Ohio State. They finally did last year, and they turned that into a Big Ten Conference Championship and their first Big Ten title game appearance, and they turned that into the program's first appearance in the college football playoff. These are facts! This season, the Wolverines return quarterback Cade McNamara, who may be challenged by newcomer J.J. McCarthy, and they also return running back Blake Corum. The offense looks in pretty good shape. If McNamara struggles, they've got a backup who they can replace him with. But the defense is going to have to rebuild, because they lost three players who were drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft last year. The regular season-ending matchup is on the road this year against Ohio State, and Ohio State is not going to be very kind to Michigan. They aren't either year, but especially this year. And Jim Harbaugh had some words for Ohio State, too, and their coach, Ryan Day. Like, Ohio State is not going to be friendly to Michigan at all, even though they aren't anyway, but it's going to be ugly at the end of the season. But you've also got Michigan, who's ranked number eight in the preseason poll, They've got a conference championship game rematch at Iowa, and they have not won at Iowa since 2005, and they also have a game on the road at Wisconsin, and they host their in-state rival, Michigan State, this year. That's Michigan. Now, last season for Ohio State, they were the runaway preseason favorites in the conference, just like Clemson. Ohio State was a lot better than Clemson last year, but Ohio State, like Clemson, did not win the conference. Now this year, Ohio State is also the runaway favorite to win the conference, but Ohio State's talent, they had talent last year, but this year they've got a lot more experience, especially quarterback C.J. Stroud, who was back after finishing fourth in Heisman voting last year, and he's got Jackson Smith and Jeeba returning as his top receiver, along with Marvin Harrison Jr., who looks to break onto the scene. And the expectations are sky high for the Buckeyes, who are number two in the preseason poll. They are the only Big Ten team who have appeared in the college football playoff national championship game, and they're the only Big Ten team to have won the playoff, and they did that in the first year of the playoff. This is true. A weakness last season for Ohio State, though, was defense, and that looks to get better Because as I said, Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator at the other OSU, was brought into this OSU. So that should bump things up a little bit. And now, as I said, Ohio State hosts Michigan, and they will be looking for some revenge in a game that actually, at the end of the season, it did last year. This could have some major stakes, not just for the Big Ten, but also for a playoff spot. Now, Ohio State also has to face Penn State, of course, on the road this year. And they opened the season with a huge top five matchup at home on Saturday against Notre Dame. Ooh. So then let's go to the West Division in the Big Ten because the champions of the West Division were Iowa, who start their as favorites to defend their division crown. And it's same old, same old in Iowa City. We look at the Big Ten West, it's Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, Northwestern, Minnesota. Defense, defense, defense. Some of the ugliest football you have seen. But there are times when it worked. Last season, Iowa won the division and made it to the Big Ten Championship game, so it worked pretty well for them. But defense, once again, is the claim to fame. They've got linebacker Jack Campbell, quarterback Riley Moss, and defensive end Lucas Van Ness, whose nickname is Hercules. They are the big names for a defense that's going to have to carry the Hawkeyes if they want to continue atop the division, because the offense probably isn't going to be very impressive. But there are other top contenders in the West too, Minnesota and Wisconsin, who are going to be right at Iowa's tails. They've got an October 1st visit, as I said, from Michigan, which is going to prove pivotal because Michigan hasn't won at Iowa in 17 years. And Iowa starts the year actually outside of the preseason top 25. But the only other team in the Big Ten to actually crack the preseason top 25 in the AP poll is Michigan State at number 15. Mel Tucker's squad came onto the scene in a pretty surprising fashion last season, they being the only team in the Big Ten to take down Michigan. Now, last season, quarterback Peyton Thorne broke the school record for touchdown passes in a season in his first year as a starter. He's back till he decided that gave Tucker a massive contract extension this offseason. Now, the matchup with Michigan should have pretty high stakes if both of those squads keep up with last year's performances. That one takes place in Ann Arbor at the Big House on October 29th, and Michigan State also has to face Penn State on the road, but they get to host Ohio State. Hmm, they could be spoiler in that Ohio State game. So then, back to the West, you've got Wisconsin looking like a contender once again. Quarterback Graham Mertz will have to improve on last season. But the defense led by linebacker Nick Herbig is probably going to be the one to pick up the slack this season. But Graham Mertz, out of the Big Ten West quarterbacks, he may be as good as you're going to get right now. And Wisconsin's got a big early season test. September 24th, they head to Columbus to take on the Buckeyes in a game that is going to be a massive opportunity for the Badgers. Now also in the West, you've got Minnesota. Minnesota also looks to compete at the top of the division even earning the respect from Penn State. You know you get respect. You're a big game when Penn State schedules their annual whiteout game when they're playing you at Penn State. Usually it's like the Ohio State game, but no, it's the Minnesota game. That's cool. But actually, Tanner Morgan at quarterback could reignite the Golden Gophers offense, Golden Gophers, in a division that needs some offensive excitement. Wisconsin might have it. Minnesota might have it. Row the boat! For the Golden Gophers, P.J. Fleck, and Minnesota. Now, down the line in the West Division, we're talking about Nebraska. Who lost to Northwestern? You can't lose to Northwestern if you're Nebraska. And you're Scott Frost, who's had like a million chances at Nebraska, he came in, he went undefeated at UCF as the coach there, undefeated in a season, and he comes back. He played quarterback for Nebraska under Tom Osborne. So he comes back. He's supposed to be the savior of Nebraska football. And that has not happened so far in Nebraska. And it may be the end of the line for him now if he cannot get things turned around quickly. And I mean quickly, because they did lose to Northwestern last weekend. That's not going to help your job. And speaking of Northwestern, they're not going to be too impressive either. That's why you can't lose to Northwestern. And Illinois is also there. And they have the big-name coach, Brett Belima, but they don't have really much else. Now, in the East... You've got Penn State. Penn State's been a big name, but they've been disappointing the last few years. James Franklin, their head coach, though, got a big contract extension this offseason. But the Nittany Lions, the Nitties, are going to have to improve in order to make that contract worthwhile. But Penn State does have a pretty interesting game, I would say, on the road against Auburn. And they've got Sean Clifford coming back for his final year as quarterback for Penn State. So Penn State can either be really good or they could just barely make a bowl game. I don't know. But Maryland is also looking to improve with Talia Tagovailoa, yes, to his brother, under center for the Terrapids. And Rutgers, I mean, they've got Greg Schiano, so that could be enough for an upset or two. But for Indiana, Indiana was really good like two seasons ago during the COVID year. They were like rolling. But it has not been, it's going to be a season to forget for Indiana fans. now. On to my predictions for the Big Ten. I went with Ohio State last year as the runaway in the conference, but everybody else did too, so it's not exactly my fault. You dummy. But I do think that they will win their division this year. They have got incredible talent that they had last year, and a lot of it, they've got more of it now, but they also have a lot of experience for that talent, which is huge in college football. And I think they're going to put it on Notre Dame this Saturday. You just watch. But in the West, I do like Wisconsin with Graham Mertz pulling together an offense that is just good enough for the defense to carry. But when those two play in the Big Ten title game, Ohio State's going to win. So now, onto the Pac-12, and we just did the Big Ten, who are the undisputable winners of the offseason. The Pac-12, probably the losers of the offseason. So sad. Because, of course... Two of their biggest names, USC and UCLA, are leaving, they appear to be leaving, and there are a bunch of rumors flying around that other schools may soon follow close behind. They're only at 10 right now, and they haven't announced any other changes, so the conference makeup is sure to change in the near future, but for now, for this season, the same 12 schools are going to be making up the conference, which you could look at that as a positive, but. The last time a Pac-12 team made the college football playoff was Washington in 2016. And spoiler there's no chance Washington's making it this year. Now, the only time that a Pac-12 side made the national championship game was 2014, Oregon. That was the first year of the playoff. A Pac-12 team has never won the college football playoff national championship game. It's a fact. Maybe that'll change this year. But Oregon made the conference title game last year. But Utah dominated the Ducks to take the conference crown. So let's start with Utah. Utah is normally a big sleeper team. Everybody's sleeping on Utah, and they usually do pretty decent. But this year, they are a pretty heavily talked about name in college football. They open the season at number seven in the AP poll, and they've got a huge road game against Florida to open the season on Saturday. Now, they're definitely not a splashy name in the conference, not even one of the splashy names in the conference. But they may be the Pac 12's best chance at reaching the college football playoff for the first time in six years. They've got Cameron Rising, who's returning at quarterback, and any improvement in offense is probably going to be a pretty big help for Kyle Winningham, their head coach, who's pretty defensive minded. Now, the Utes are going to have plenty of opportunities, the Utah Utes, to slip up on their schedule. They've got a road game at UCLA, they host USC, and they actually have a pretty dangerous home game against San Diego State later this month, and that road game against Florida, too. Now, to one of those splashy names, and probably the team with the most hype at the conference this season, is USC, the University of Southern California, who swung big this offseason. They pulled away Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams from Oklahoma, and USC, after the years they've had, they definitely want to go back to the mid-2000s, when Pete Carroll Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, they were rolling. And Lincoln Riley might be USC's best chance to get back to any sort of semblance with that. Not with any of the NCAA allegations, but just the good on-field product, which USC has lacked in recent years. Riley's certainly doing his part on the recruiting trail, though. But, like, if you were recruiting to the University of Southern California in Los Angeles to play for USC, I mean, like, it can't be that hard. So I don't know. Like, they should be recruiting well, but the on-field product has not done well. That's the thing that needs to change. And it probably will just maybe temper your expectations for this year. I think USC is going to be really good in, like, two or three years. Right now, though, I don't know. They did get pit transfer wide receiver Jordan Addison, who, as I said, was voted the best receiver in the country last year. But even so, I would kind of expect marginal improvement from the Trojans, especially because the defensive side is probably going to be a little weaker. USC is 14th, though, in the preseason poll. But, like, come on. They do have a Week 2 contest, which is at Stanford, and you're like, Stanford, come on. But a lot of people go to Stanford, and they get upset. So we'll see. And they also have to go on the road to face preseason favorite Utah. So USC is definitely going to be talked about this season. But I don't know if they're going to live up to the hype. So then you've got Oregon. And Oregon got thumped in last year's conference championship game. It was like a 28-point game. But they changed quite a bit this offseason because their head coach, Mario Cristobal, went off to Miami. And in his place comes Georgia's defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning. Now, if you remember Georgia's defense last year, it was one of the best, like, we've ever seen. Now, Oregon's defense may just be top dog of the conference this year, too, led by linebacker Noah Sewell. The defense should be fine. The offense is interesting, though, because they've got Auburn transfer Bo Nix, coming in at quarterback, and running back Byron Cardwell returning. Now, the Ducks start this year at number 11 in the poll, but they face a pretty daunting task in week one. This Saturday, they have to travel to Atlanta to face defending champion Georgia, the team that Lanning just helped lead to a title last year. Cool facts, bro. Like, the storylines write themselves. And then later in the season, second-to-last matchup of the regular season, they're going to be facing Utah in what could be a huge game, potential playoff implications in that game if both those teams keep doing well throughout the season. Now, also hanging around the conference, is ucla the other team that's going to the big 10 they've got a name you might know chip kelly and last year was probably the best year that kelly had at ucla he went eight and four but this year things may need to improve even further for kelly's shot to be safe dorian thompson robinson does return at quarterback and is capable of putting on a show but can ucla beat USC or Oregon or Utah, that doesn't look likely. And that's the issue with Chip Kelly at UCLA. He hasn't gotten them into the upper echelon of the Pac-12, which they've expected, and it hasn't happened yet. You've also got Oregon State in the conference. Now, Oregon State, you're like, come on. Disrespectful! But Oregon State had a sneaky good season last year, and they could definitely play spoiler in the final game of the season when they host Oregon. And then, up in Northern California, you've got Cal, and Stanford, who have the talent to win a surprise game or two, but Cal Stanford, Aaron Rodgers, and Andrew Luck are not coming out there. Who? Now, up in Washington, Washington State, both Washington UW, and Wazoo, Washington State, both have new coaches. They're probably going to need some time to get those programs on the right track, though. And then there's Arizona. Arizona was, like, really bad. They were FBS bottom dweller. But actually, they've improved to be respectable a little bit. So there you go. But Colorado and Arizona State are probably going to finish last in the conference. And Arizona State still got Herm. Herm! Oh, poor Sun Devils. But that's the Pac-12, so let's go to my picks. Divisions are gone in the Pac-12 this year for the first time. The top two schools are going to be moving on to the conference championship game. So in the title game, I've got Utah and Oregon in a rematch from last year. USC is probably going to hang in there for a while at the top, but I think Lincoln riley has got some time to spare. I don't think this is the year for USC. Now, in that game, I've got Oregon winning the rematch of last year's conference championship game. The Ducks of Oregon are going to win the conference title rematch, and I do think that they may surprise some people this Saturday against Georgia. That's a big game in Atlanta, so basically a home game for Georgia even though it's technically a neutral site. But I'm not saying Oregon's actually going to win. I'm just saying they may surprise you against the defending champions. Now, let's go to the conference of the defending champions, the SEC. Another season, another national championship, won by a school in the southeast. This time, it was Georgia. Just the program's third championship, though, and their first chip since 1980. In the eight iterations that there have been a playoff, the SEC has won five of the eight national championships with three different teams winning at least one title, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. And coming into this year, the conference has also won the last three. That's a lot of facts. As they say, it just means more in the SEC. But last offseason, the SEC was the talk of the town after announcing the additions of Texas and Oklahoma. But since then, the conference has remained pretty quiet. Now, is that going to stay that way? Uh, We'll see. But last season, even though Georgia was able to capture the national crown, Alabama was still able to capture the conference crown. But let's start with the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, because the Bulldogs are looking to become the first repeat champion in college football since Alabama in 2011 and 2012. Now, head coach Kirby Smart was finally able to beat his old boss Nick Saban the second time around last year. Couldn't do it in the conference title game, but did do it in the national championship game. Now, Georgia's defense last year, as you may remember, was a sight to behold. They were one of the best we may have ever seen. But their defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, is now off to Oregon. The offense helped last year, too, the rise of quarterback Stetson Bennett, who is returning along with tight end Brock Bowers. The defense probably is not going to be as strong, though. That was, like, record-setting last year. They lost five first-round draft picks on that side of the ball, but the offense may be able to pick up the slack. We'll see. But the Bulldogs, as I said, start the year off with a trip down the road to Atlanta, to face Stan Lanning's Oregon Ducks opening the season. I expect Oregon to compete. I said that. But we are going to see in this game if Georgia's title defense is actually legitimate. We're going to see that on, on Saturday. And Georgia starts at number three in the AP preseason poll. So if they win that game, I mean, there really isn't any reason why they couldn't go undefeated up until the SEC championship. They don't have to face Alabama, Arkansas, or A&M from the SEC West the regular season. So that sets them up pretty nicely. So Georgia's got a pretty good schedule, I would say, in the SEC. Now, we talked about the team that won the national championship, but how about the team that won the conference championship? Alabama. Now, Nick Saban, I don't know if you heard this, but he's the head coach at Alabama. He described last season as a rebuilding year, which should probably simultaneously scare you and make you wonder if Nick Saban's crazy at the same time, which both are probably true. Alabama is back atop the preseason poll. They're number one, of course, but for good reason once again, because this is literally an NFL team playing in college. Bryce Young returns at quarterback after winning the Heisman Trophy last season. Will Anderson and Jordan Battle are going to lead a defense that, along with the offense, is probably going to be among the country's best. It is just going to be the same old, same old at Alabama under Nick Saban. But maybe this year, they will be rebuilding. Quit whining. Now, they have that week two matchup against Texas in Austin, which I don't think is going to be close. I think Alabama is going to roll. But they do have an interesting three-game stretch in October. On the first, they go on the road to Arkansas, who they had some trouble with in Tuscaloosa last season. Then the next week, October 8th, they host Texas A&M. Now, they lost Texas a on a last-second field goal last season, and their coach, Jimbo Fisher, got into a pretty public spat with Nick Saban this offseason, because Nick Saban claimed at a booster, I guess, event, that A&M's top-ranked recruiting class, because A&M had the top recruiting class, was all bought for. That's basically what he said. Now, Fisher, Jimbo, vehemently pushed back against that idea. And now apparently they're fine, but I mean, everybody still has that date booked on their calendars, but Alabama should still not look past Arkansas, nor should they look past their next week's opponent on the road at Tennessee. I think Tennessee is going to be better this year. Now, I will give you a bold prediction, bold Xander's fact, Alabama will lose at least one of Arkansas A&M and Tennessee. They will lose at least one of those games in that three-game stretch to begin October. That's a big fact. Write it down. Mark it. Xander's facts. Now, that's Alabama. But let's go to A&M. The thing about A&M, their recruiting has been among the top of the country, but not just last year, for a bit now. But the results on the field have not. Now, last year, Texas A&M was also a top 10 preseason program. They're ranked number six this year. They were fourth, I believe, last year. And they did beat Alabama last year, but they only finished eight and four, four and four in the conference. Now, the Aggies are really talented, but the question is, can they put it all together? And the answer might be at quarterback, where sophomore Haynes King has the starting job. But in week three, A&M's going to host the Miami team that may or may not be back. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. And then the next week, they host Arkansas, and two weeks later, at Alabama. Though the schedule is always grueling in the SEC West, and I'm not sure that A&M has everything it needs to compete with Alabama this season. Now on to Arkansas in the SEC West, because the Razorbacks had a pretty surprising season last year. They finished 9-4 and four in a season where they beat A&M. They lost to Ole Miss in a one-point thriller. And they came within a touchdown of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Now, this is the year where Arkansas can show they are for real, and they have a ton of opportunities to do so. They open the season Saturday, hosting a ranked Cincinnati squad, the one that was in the college football playoff last year. They host Alabama and Ole Miss. They face BYU and Auburn on the road, and they face a and in Arlington, Texas. It is a tough schedule, but their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, returns, and the Hogs have a ton of chances to make a big statement. So Arkansas starts the year at number 19 in the AP preseason poll. Woo, pig, suey. Nice try, buddy. The biggest threat, though, in the SEC East to Georgia is most likely Kentucky, which may or may not be a football school. That was a whole big thing because John Calipari said it was a basketball school the football coach didn't like that they got angry but the Wildcats return Will Levis at quarterback who could make the Cats offense very exciting and UK's schedule isn't bad they've got a week two trip to Florida which could show if Kentucky has it in them to challenge Georgia this year and they've got road trips to Ole Miss and Tennessee which are probably going to be pivotal for the team that is ranked 20 to start the season now Ole Miss. Head coached by Lane Kiffin, also had a DC year last season led by quarterback Matt Corral, who was now in the NFL. And the Rebels had seventeen transfers this offseason, so much of the roster is gonna be relatively unknown. Now Ole Miss starts the year at number twenty one in the poll, but they could either be really good or really not. Like we're just gonna have to wait and see. But Lane Kiffin's a pretty good coach. Now, elsewhere in the SEC East, you've got Rocky Top, Tennessee, who had a pretty Good year, a resurgence under head coach Josh Heupel and quarterback Hendon Hooker. The Vols finished eight and four this year, and this year they host Alabama just after the A m game. I think that is a perfect time for a potential upset Now we'll see third Saturday in October, Tennessee and Alabama. Tennessee has not done well recently, but it may not be a blowout this year. How about that now Florida has a new coach in Billy Napier with two big tests against Utah and Kentucky to open the season. And my guy, Shane Beamer, is entering his second year as South Carolina's head coach, with Oklahoma transfer Spencer Rattler coming in at quarterback. And there's also Missouri, who could get a big win or two, I guess. And there's Vanderbilt, who are, you know, hanging around. Vanderbilt, they're there for baseball and academics. Yep. So out to the West... Mississippi State doesn't have really any big names, except for Mike Leach, but he does have a lot of depth that could wear some teams out. Also, I don't know if you know this, but Brian Kelly is now the head coach at LSU in Baton Rouge, and he brought a Southern accent with him. How about that? There's also Auburn, who doesn't look too impressive, and they have a coach who almost got fired after his first season last year, so I don't know what's going on at Auburn. But it's time to make some picks in the SEC. In the East, I'll say it's pretty easy to say Georgia. Outside of the Oregon game, I'm not sure where Georgia's going to slip up anywhere else. Unless Kentucky's really good or Florida does some crazy thing this season under a first-year head coach, I think it's going to be Georgia. Then in the West, I'll take Alabama. So how about that? Wow. Alabama and Georgia in the SEC title game. Who would have funk it? Too bad. Well, in that game, I do have Alabama winning the title again. They beat Georgia last year in the SEC championship. Didn't turn out for them the same in the national championship game. But in the SEC title game, I've got Alabama. So that's the five conferences. But before we get to my college football playoff picks, I did want to take a look at a couple group of five and independent teams that could make some noise. Now, you've got Notre Dame. Of course, independent, technically, but they play five ACC teams a year, blah, blah, blah. Notre Dame starts the year at number five, and defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman is now their head coach. And they begin the season with a bang. It's a top five matchup, Saturday night, 7.30 Eastern, Saturday night football on ABC. It's Notre Dame and Ohio State. Now, I think Ohio State's kind of going to roll. Notre Dame probably shouldn't be fifth. They do have a first-year head coach. They are really talented, but I don't know about Notre Dame being fifth. Now, Cincinnati last season became the first group of five teams to make it to the college football playoff last season, but there is a lot of talent that they had last year that is now not there, including quarterback Desmond Ritter, so they probably won't repeat in the playoff. But remember, they're playing in the American Athletic Conference, so there, they might have a nice time with everyone except probably Houston and maybe UCF. But Houston, head coached by Dana Holgerson, are at 24 in the poll, while Cincinnati is one spot above at 23. And also, BYU starts at the poll just inside of it at number 25, but they've got a week two test against future conference foe Baylor, which might be a little humbling for the Cougars. and then. I did want to mention, because, you know, Virginia gang. That's nice. That the newest member of the FBS this year is in the Sun Belt, JMU, James Madison, the 131st team in the FBS. Now, they were in the FCS. They were doing pretty well. FBS, though, is a whole different animal. So they had a lot of success in FCS. FBS, I mean, if they don't already know, it might be time for a little humbling, even in the Sun Belt. But, you know. So that's that. And last but not least, it is time to make some predictions for this year's college football playoff. So to go back to the conferences, I picked NC State to win the ACC, Oklahoma to win the Big 12, Ohio State to win the Big 10, Oregon out of the Pac 12, and Alabama to win the SEC. How about that? Too many facts. So, now it's time to decide who's going to make the Final Four in the college football playoff. Now, I do think Alabama might get a slip-up, as I predicted earlier, but I do think they're going to waltz into the playoff by the end of the season. I also think Ohio State's going to pretty easily dominate the Big Ten, and they should make it in pretty easily. So Alabama and Ohio State, and I do like Georgia sneaking in, despite losing the SEC title. They lost it last year, and they still made it. So I think Georgia's going to sneak in and try and defend their title. As the fourth team... This was actually pretty hard, because I was like, I don't know who I'm going to put as the fourth team. Because the three teams, there's like the top three teams, and then there's really everyone else this season. So I put Oklahoma. I think Brent Venables is going to have things figured out, and he's going to get the Sooners back to the playoff in his first season as a college head coach. It's his first season as a big college head coach, but you got to remember, he was the defensive coordinator for Clemson during that big run with Dabo. So, He knows what that's like, so I don't think it's going to be much trouble for Oklahoma to get in the playoff in the Big 12. So in the title game, big game alert, I do think the two best teams, in my opinion, and in the AP polls opinion, Alabama and Ohio State are going to get there, and Alabama's rebuilding season last year is going to turn into a championship winning season this year. Alabama, the Crimson Tide are going to win the college football playoff national championship game for the 19th time and the 7th under Nick Saban, they're going to win the national championship, the 4th college football playoff national championship, which would be the most out of any school. A sure thing. So there you go. That was pretty long, but that was my 2022-2023 Xander's Facts college football season preview. And this year, like I did last year, I'm going to continue to make my college football picks each week for games featuring a team ranked in the top 25. And the big games start this weekend, Thursday. So I'm going to put that up pretty soon on the Zaner's Facts Instagram page. Those are going to be exclusive on the Zaner's Facts Instagram page this year, which you should go check out, as well as the all new Zaner's Facts SC Instagram page, which I am going to set up in the near future, in a few weeks, Xander's Facts SC on Instagram will be up and running. But you should go follow it right now. Xander's Facts. And by the way, I had that big announcement about the Instagram pages. I've got another big announcement pretty soon. In the next few podcast episodes, this one even bigger than that one about Zander's Facts that you all are going to like. So stay tuned. I got a big announcement coming up in the next few weeks on Xander's Facts. But there you go. College football season. The college football season is already underway, but the boatload of action, as I said, gets underway this weekend. The big games, Thursday, we've got the backyard brawl, that's going to be huge, Then Saturday, Oregon and Georgia, and Ohio State hosting Notre Dame. What a way to kick off the season. I am actually pretty excited about college football. I didn't think I'd get very excited, because you know I'm all into the soccer, but college football I'm pretty excited for. You know, we're doing NFL next week, so we'll have the season preview for the NFL. But I am super excited for this weekend of college football. So there you go. So that's my preview. And that's what I got for you on episode 74 of the Zaders Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening. And remember, if you liked all the facts that I had on this week's edition of the podcast, remember to follow the podcast, download this episode, rate and review the podcast, then go on all your socials, Twitter. Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. Xander's Facts. That's Xander with the Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends. Spread the facts. Xander's Facts Podcast. Tell all your friends about Xander's Facts. Xander's Facts Podcast. Xander's Weekend Facts. Xander's Facts on YouTube. Xander's Facts Link Tree. All those things. Tell all your friends. Tell everyone you know about Xander's Facts. So that is episode 74. That's the first part of our 2022-2023 football season preview. Next week is the second part. We are doing the NFL pro football. So you're going to want to tune in for next week for our NFL season preview. So that is it. That is a wrap on episode 74 of the Zators Facts podcast. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see y'all with episode 75 next week. Itable.